0: This is Get A Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it.
1: The only thing you have to
0: decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Hey, everyone. Ever get your ass kicked by a superhero? Well, today's guest has multiple times. Kevin Cassidy is a legendary stuntman whose work can be seen in Black Panther, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Captain America Civil War, and many, many more. He's recently traded Crashing Through Plate Glass Windows for running a Ninja Nation, which is an obstacle course arena for kids and adults. Hopefully, neither one of us is going to leave this interview in traction, so let's just say hello to Kevin. Kevin, how are you?
1: Doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having
0: me. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, I want to get all into Ninja Nation because it sounds awesome and something that I would love to do. But let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit. You have quite an interesting career path that not many of us have. So I guess maybe we could start there. Like, how did you get into doing stunt work?
1: Pretty random. I uh, played a little bit of minor league baseball out of college. Then I was a, a middle school teacher in Baltimore, Maryland. Pretty normal life so far. And then yeah. I saw a sport called slam ball on TV, like full contact basketball with trampolines. Uh and uh i went to a tryout for it kind of as a goof me and the buddy drove up to philly and i made it and they shipped me out to la and i played slam ball for like four months was on tv It (laughs) (laughs) it, it was a blast it was obviously not planned and then i was waiting for slam ball to come back i did really well on tv i was a good player i was doing interviews i was on some merchandise and and it never came back. So I just kind of stayed in LA on a buddy's couch and he was kind of dialed in with some movies. He would play football at um, Clemson before he played slimeball. He did a lot of motion capture and video games and a lot of sports movies. So through that connection, he got me a tryout on a movie called The Longest Yard, Adam Sandler, Burke Reynolds, that football yeah. movie. And I had pretty good ability to play football. I couldn't kind of play college, but I didn't actually play baseball. So I made that tryout, got into that movie, uh, got into the Union Sprint Actress Guild, did a bunch of stunts and tackles and hits and learned the whole ins and outs of Hollywood. I made more money in that four months than I did the whole year teaching. So I right, just, <laughs> right, just wave as long as I can. And um, so I did a lot of sports movies after that and did some video games and I learned how to ride, drive cars and do fire and falls and fights and kind of just build your resume. And almost 18 years later, I'm looking for a way out of it.
0: Wow. So that's pretty incredible. And I feel like that is a common thing with people who do unusual things that they didn't set out to do it. It kind of just happened. And then you find that, hey, I'm pretty good at getting pretend beat up or pretend tackled or whatever. What's something about, you know, we have this idea in our heads, I think about like, what it's like to be a stuntman, but what is it like to be a stuntman? Like, knowing you're about to get thrown off of something or do a car flip, like talk, talk us through a stunt.
1: Well, well, there's two kind of mentalities. One is the physical doing the stunt. Okay. I'm getting hit by this car. How are we going to do it? And the other one is how'd you get there in the first, how'd you get the job? You have to sell yourself to the stunt coordinator. You have to build a word of mouth. You're your own CEO marketing person. You're ahead of your company and you're the product. So there's yeah. a lot of like behind the scenes, sales, networking, training, in order to get that phone call to get in front of that car to get hit. So it's a very high-paying job with thousands of people who want it. So it's a super competitive world before you even get onto the set. Now you're onto the set, and hopefully the person who's your boss, the stunt coordinator, is very smart and nice and powerful and not afraid to speak up. Sometimes you have coordinators who just want to make the director happy. You can do this? Oh, yeah, sure. Good luck, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I don't like this. i look right here. <laughs> Why is that car on fire? What's going on? So, you kind of realize <laughs> what set you're on. When you start you know, younger, you're on like random low budget movies, and you really have to have your eyes open. And then, when you, if you level up to like a Marvel film like I did, then everyone's kind of vetted and that's kind of creaming of the crop. So, you're in a safer place. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're doing like a car hit, a car's going to hit you. So, yeah. you got to work out all the variables. Is it coming around the corner? Can I see it? Am I blinded? Am I, is my back turned to it? How high is the roof? Do I get my leg up? How they want me to stay on the car? Do You want me to hit and bounce off the car after I get hit by the car? Should I stay down? Am I dead? Am I alive? I've done stunts before where I get hit and it's a perfect stunt and I'm on the ground and they yell cut. And we have to do it again. like, why? It was perfect. Well, you're not supposed to be dead. You have to get up and run away after that. (laughs) should have told me that before I hit by the car. So now I got to the car hit again because I didn't know what the after actually was. There's a lot of variables going on.
0: Wow. Uh, (laughs) Now, do you have, is there any of your greatest hits, as it were, uh, that people could look for? Is there any moments in these movies that's like, that's me?
1: Yeah, a few. So the big Marvel one, I'm the bad guy in the first Ant-Man movie, the Yellow Jacket character. So oh, everything yeah. And that Yellow Jacket suit is me, getting beat up, hit by the train, flying. Oh, wow. Uh, and we had and we had to do all those stunts, real, CGI, and a version of CGI, because in the movie, they weren't sure when they were going to, if you've seen Ant-Man, they shrink and grow, our characters do. Yeah. And they weren't sure that when we, Filmed it if they were going to look on film like I was a little dot or an actual big person. You had to film it as I was going to do both. And some of the hardest stuff I did that were going through windows, just getting beat up, gnarly, comes out in the movie as a little dot goes, like, ah! <laughs> 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 oh, <man. laughs> you never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And have you, I'm sure you've not come out unscathed. Are there any any memorable accidents that were like, oh my God, that hurts so much.
1: Yeah. Luckily, I was mostly unscathed. If you get hurt, you can't work. If you can't work, you don't get any money. So if as a stunt coordinator, if I hire stunt people, if I hire someone, they get hurt all the time. It makes me look like I'm not doing my job. You know, the studio has to pay the medical bills. and It's a headache. It takes time. So being able to do it, make it look gnarly, take your bruises and do it four or five times in a row is a very sought after skill so i we can do it once right and then not get up and walk again but you have to do it five times and stay healthy to work again tomorrow so what well, i did the movie transformers dark of the moon with yeah. michael bay is the last one that shia did we go out this there's, there's a scene where the the robot alien snake is like wrangling himself around the building the whole building's falling over and then we jump out the window we slide down the building we go back into the building the whole thing's chaos falling hidden and they had to do a pickup shot, which is just like a little insert of a couple of mm-hmm. people landing. So the shot of the buff, the actor, he, he lives. So he lands and grabs on the little thing. Like, well, we can't have him the only one live. We have a couple other guys. there have to see how this happens. Yeah. And do like a little insert shot. And it's like four of us climb about 13 feet high in this little faux wall. And they're just going to shoot down. The, and you just have to land on these pillars and not fall off the pillars. And I landed, you just, you just, Go 12, 13 feet and hit some wood and hold on to it. And oh uh, my God. <laughs> the first one, I broke through the wood and I, now I'm stuck in the pillar, invisible, so they couldn't see me. So I had to do it again because they yeah. reinforced the pillar. Hurry up, go, go, go. You have to do it again. All right, go back up there. And when they reinforced it, they put a two by four right where I was going to land. And all my weight hit on my leg in that two by four. And I uh, swore my femur was cracked in half. Uh, it wasn't. I blacked out, came back. I know I have to hang on in the scene or else I have to do it again. So I'm trying yeah. to get my head in. So I know my cameras so I'm gonna to to do it again. And uh, I still have a big dent or muscular hold in my in my leg from that.
0: Oh geez. Wow. So that might explain partially or maybe fully your transition into running a company. But before that, I I did want to ask, like you mentioned like Shia LaBeouf. Did you find there were actors who like, like were tough guys and they wanted to do all their stunts or did you have to do any of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. There's always a little bit of a stroke in the ego and some people like Matt Damon are awesome. They know they could do a lot of it. They're phenomenal, but like, Hey, this guy's going to hire to do it. I'm not taking his job or the more the actor does it, even if he can do it, jumping over a table. Yeah. he sprains his ankle on that we can't film for a week and the guy's got a limp so it's not smart to let the actor do a lot if he gets a little yeah. cut on his on his cheek then we have to go back and film everything with a cut on it and so most of the time we get the actors in our little dojo we train them for a month or two doing the fight choreography working them out we get a feel for their ego what they want to do how much they want to do and we make it really feel like a team environment hey i'm here to make you look good do yeah. as much as you want and i'll do the rest and when they do it, we kind of dial it down a lot depending on their ability. And then when I do it, we crank it up a lot so we cut them together. So every yeah. actor is different about what they want to do, how much they want to do, what they, what they can do, and what they think they can do.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> <So> right.
1: That's <laughs> a massaging balance on every different movie.
0: Yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about Ninja Nation. What made you want to run it? How did this transition happen?
1: Well, towards the end of my stunt career, I was writing business plan after business plan after business plan, trying to find, I always wanted to run my own company, be a small business owner. And I just had so many businesses. I played minor league baseball. So I was like, hey, we can do a bigger, stronger, faster kind of camp. I was a teacher. I really liked the um, mentorship aspect. I liked the youth. I like all that stuff. So I was trying to put all that together. And one of the business plans I wrote was a parkour and Ninja Warrior gym. I didn't want to go into the baseball, football, basketball, bigger, stronger, faster world, just because at an increasingly young age, these kids just get so serious. Their parents get serious. You're eight years old. You're a great swimmer. Okay, this is your life now. Come four days a week. Care about it. Pay this guy $10,000. It seems like a soul-sucking world I didn't want any part of. And in the um, stunt world, we meet rodeo cowboys red bull skydivers motocross guys skateboarders football players gymnastics It was just the gauntlet of athletics and um a couple of people were parkour athletes and ninja warrior people and i call that like the s games mentality where the, the motocross guys and all those guys it just had a really good gel. they they rooted for each other they had a great community when one of my buddies fell on the motocross race in the X games and his buddy passed him and won the race. And my buddy's the first guy to hug him. And he was generally yeah. happy for the guy who won because they've trained together and that yeah. That world. we need more of that in that world. So I really leaned towards an X games kind of feel and landed on Ninja and Parkour, built a whole business plan and PL, designed the building, went shopping for land. And I couldn't get my insurance numbers to fit the PL for the bank because mm-hmm. it was a new product parkour ninjas probably five years ago. They didn't really, they weren't going to share it. So I did all this research. Any company that had a similar product, any ninja, any parkour, any gymnastics studio that kind of branched out in that field, I called them, I showed up, trying to steal some numbers. I saw a ninja nation. They had three locations, two in Denver, Colorado, one in Dallas, Texas. And a buddy of mine was at the birthday party there posted online. I'm like, holy cow, this is pretty nice. This is not like the CrossFit, back alley because this is a really high-end nice one so yeah first thing i do is i call them up like get like a vp of sales and they were just gonna start trying to make that product a franchise they had three corporate locations they're all killing it and like hey we're gonna franchise this out If you want to be one of our franchisees come talk to us we'd love to partner with you and your movie credentials and your entrepreneurial spirit and your background and all that so my wife and i went out there and met with all the guys who were starting that business to branch it out they were leaving corporate America for, the, for good reasons. They wanted to do something better with their life and do something with kids. The same philosophical reasons that I was trying to escape. And they had the numbers, they had the plan, they had the website, they had the P and L, they had the, they had the insurance. <laughs> and they had a proven, a proven model. Yeah. And I was, like, I already have all, most of that. I know that I have the ideas already mine. So why am I going to pay you money for doing what I was going to do anyway? And yeah. the big, ROI was my time. It's a semi-absentee. They want me to own two or three or four of them. So Mm. I run it as if I can leave it whenever I want. So I had three young kids, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. So another big motivation to leave Hollywood was my my schedule. I was in Europe doing Spider-Man Far From Home for four months. I flew home one Friday night for my daughter's second birthday. Flew back Sunday morning to London. It was in London, Prague, all in Europe. When you're on, you're on. They own you. You're eight months at a time away from your family. I didn't want to live like that. So... And then, if I opened my own business, built the building, had investors, and did the whole thing as I planned, which I still think is a better business model, but I would have lived in it for two, three years. I might as well go do another movie and make that money. I'm not going to be there. So, my time ROI was really the deciding factor to partner with them. So, I'm not there right now. I went in this morning. I'm here. I can kind of come and go as I please.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So, I was going to ask about that aspect of it. You seem like, while you're obviously a, a team player, you literally have been on teams and the way you describe like the stuntman world, but you also seem like a guy who wants to control his own thing. So I, was that like? Was there any balancing act like I'd rather do it this way, but Ninja Nation wants me to do it this way?
1: Yeah, for sure. And when I before I signed, I said, "Hey, listen, you have three, yeah, three locations you guys run. It's not copy and paste yet. There's gonna be a lot of new things. I've run camps. I've played pro sports. I was a teacher. This is all my wheelhouse. So I need the opportunity and the power to have a new program, try a new model. Whoever sits against the wall, great. If it doesn't, it's all my P and L. If it fails, I lose some money, and then everyone knows. You no, know, absolutely wants you to do that. Wants you to experiment. Wants. So they gave me that long leash." Oh, that's good. Then, about yeah. a year and a half of prep and opening the business, doing the construction, getting the building. Now, a year and a half goes by before I actually open the doors. And then they got nervous and wheeled it all back. Well, you can't do this, you can't do that. So, ah. this, so, I, I, so there was definitely a lot of that in, in the beginning. And I was the only franchise they had to worry about. So, I was they were all looking at me. Yeah. There's now right. Three more opening, one just opened in Austin, Texas, I think, last week. Um, that's the third franchise there's one of murphy outside of dallas mine and the one in, um austin so now they have other things to worry about so i have a little more longer and my yeah. profits good my business is good i'm proving my proven product so i've been there like he's doing fine it's not and i'm a little bit of a bullhead i don't keep my mouth shut i'm like no this is wrong this is right <laughs> yeah um and uh so they pick and choose their battles with me and i do the same with them <laughs> but at the end of the day I, I like the people who run it and i like their mentality and we're all kind of kind of yeah. move forward together. So. That's
0: great. So, can you describe uh, for what the experience is like for kids who go there, and for adults, like what what can they expect?
1: So, my where mine's the smallest one. It's eleven thousand five hundred square feet. Most of them are mm-hmm. either twelve or fifteen thousand. Twenty foot ceilings. If you've seen the TV show American Ninja Warrior, all the shiny truss structures and the lights and all that. It's a warehouse full of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's really nice and clean. Some, we call we have a high bay that's like 15 feet high, and there are airbags under it, so you can, you're not going to fall in water like the TV show. So we have big airbags you can fall into. Yeah. Others are lower, so that younger kids can reach them. Everything's padded. And we have like a race lane, a beginner lane, a hard lane. We change out all the obstacles all the time, so it's always fresh and new. Mm. And the, my favorite part about it, and the sport in general, is an coined this term, play, train, or compete. You can come, there's open gym. Anytime the doors are open, you can walk in and just open gym, give it a shot. We have staff walking around to try to help introduce you mm. to stuff. Or you can join our development program, actually train, do a class, get better, level up, level up, level up. And then we have a competitive team that they're in there three days a week practicing. They go to competitions all over the country. Oh, wow. We just had the world championships in Greensboro, North Carolina this past weekend. And we had nine kids from our team qualify for the world's. So you can get any level of interaction you want. And we have a homeschool program. We have uh, kids with special needs. A couple of kids who are autistic really have good wins with big macro movements like that. So any beginner can find something that they can do to get a win. And any pro can find something they can't do to get challenged. So right, right. every kid can be like, I can't grab that ring. And they fail 20 times and they grab the ring. Oh, I'll grab the ring. So there's yeah. so many fail, 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 win, fail, 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 fail win at yeah. every level. And it's just great to see the growth of confidence and
0: all that. That's awesome. So what is your, what's your expertise and, and what's the ring that you have yet to grab? Oh the, the the ring of age.
1: <laughs> the fountain of youth, I've yet to grab yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit past my prime to try yeah. to get after it now. But <laughs> I can do I can do enough where I look respectable, but I can't do it long. Yeah. I'm 235 pound, like a linebacker guy. That's not that sport's not built for me. It's like rock climbers and dimness. And,
0: right, uh, right. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> And do you do you uh you said you played minor league ball? What what position did you play? I was first
1: baseman. Then I moved oh, out nice. to the outfield. Yeah, I could kind of jack of all, master of none. I could play all of it and hit pretty good, but wasn't great at any of it, so never really got to that next level.
0: What team did you play for?
1: Well, I started independent ball. So it was independent minor league in Indiana and I got picked up, then got dropped and went back to independent ball and I signed late and I played pretty high end wooden bat leagues in the, and right. I was in college. And I knew a lot of guys who played in the minors before me that would come back to college and train. And we heard all their bitching of, oh, I'm hitting 300 and I got thanks for a high school kid. It's a business, right? So, yeah. If the Cincinnati Reds give you $5,000 and give me $5 million, guess who's playing tomorrow? I don't care right. how good you are, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah so
1: right. <laughs> I knew a lot of that going into it. And yeah. I knew I wasn't on that list of a $5 million guy. So I, Rode in the Greyhound bus, travel around the country, had a good time. I got invited back to spring training. And so I, I I have friends that played till they were 35 in the minors. And then they have a family. They make no money. And then you're starting life over. I was like, ah, Right, right. I, I kind of walked out on, on my terms. I'm kind of glad I did. I had a good run and, and left it. Wasn't good enough. <laughs> it,
0: it strikes me, you know, with the baseball and the stunt work, you need someone to to hire you or to bring you on to do this thing. But now you're that guy. So how do you look at the people that you, you talked about your staff walking around, like how do you manage the staff? How do you bring them in? And how do you, I guess how do you keep everyone on the same page? And are you the kind of guy who wants to see every aspect of what they're doing, or you kind of let them let them go loose and see what they can do?
1: At first, I kind of micromanage a little bit, but then when they prove it to me, I, I loosen the range and, and let them go. I when I the first two hires were my manager and my head coach, and they're full-time employees on salary, and those are my right-hand guys. And I was building up and hiring other people, and. There's no real big ninja community in Charlotte, which is good and bad. Good that I have no competition. I'm the only place in the, in the city that has it. Bad that no one knows what it is. And so I have to right. introduce it to the to the world. So I couldn't hire a coach who had any experience in the actual thing because there was no one here who'd done it for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So I found a guy who was uh nationally ranked in OCR obstacle course races like Spartans and Mud Runs and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And just great. Well I hired on energy. Like you have enough of the, the um, resume. You're athletic, you're good with kids. We call it the three E's, energy, engagement, and encouragement. If you have good energy, you're engaging people and you encourage people, and that's your personality type, we can teach you the X's and O's and everything else. Yeah. So my managers are really good, type A, Microsoft Excel numbers sheet, does the payroll, does the scheduling, and he works really well with my coach. who's just a charismatic, awesome high-fiver, great guy. So we... I partnered, I kind of had two edges of a snake and together they work really well, but it took a while to to mesh that. And so I was really hands-on in the beginning trying to mesh yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, Then the part-time people we have, we have like kids home from college who are doing summer camps now. And yeah. then we have a couple of kids who are going to junior college to get their technical degrees for x-ray tech or something. So they we have a decent amount of turnover on the, on the part-time mm-hmm. positions. And I just always hire an energy, give a good vibe for people. All you have yeah. to do, is i tell I mean, you anywhere you, you kind of go into a business and you're 17 years old and you've done it for the third day in a row you kind of get blah you know you're not going to be just high-fiving but yeah. i tell i said you have to spot five kids catch five kids you don't get hurt you have to high-five five kids a day you're yeah. not high-fiving kids or catching kids and then, and then you wake up let's go yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's like a fun it's a very fun playground you work at just don't feel people's vibes. people come in here happy already Just don't fight that. uh, (laughs) So if you have that, we can teach you how to do your cleaning rounds and all the other protocols. That's the easy part. But I hire
0: more on um, personality and passion. That's great. That's great. And then finally, I guess, when you're walking uh, past a big plate glass window, are you ever tempted to just jump through it?
1: (laughs) Well, if the money's right, you know. Yeah. Surprise for Well, What I do because at the end of my career, I was behind the camera. I was hiring the stunt people. I was organizing the stunts. So I was working with the director, doing the budget, training the actors. I was the one pointing people in directions, and you would have to look at that window and say, "I, have, I had to throw someone through here. How high are the windows? Where can I put the airbag? Where can I do the safety thing?" So I kind of look at it that way. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do it here if you had to, and
0: keep <laughs> walking. <around. laughs> That's great. That's great. Well. Kevin, thanks so much for telling us all about your career and Ninja Nation. How can people in the Charlotte area follow and and, and check it out?
1: Yeah. So we're in Huntersville, which is just north of Charlotte by Lake Norman. So it's huntersville.ninja Nation.com. If you just go to ninja nation.com, that's a corporate site, and you can pick a location and find yeah. mine or hit huntersville.minja Nation and it come to my website for my business. I also have a personal website. I wrote a book and I do public speaking in schools about bullying and and mentorship stuff and all that. So I'm pretty passionate about that, the book and the speaking engagements.
0: Yeah, what's the website?
1: The website for that is kevincass.com, K-E-V-I-N-C-A-S-S. And uh, that's kind of my book route and my speaking and all that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I'm glad we, we both made it through this unscathed. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you get back to the ninjas, but thanks so much, man. Great talking you're, to you.
1: You're welcome. Nice to having me, there.
0: That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. I make big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.